Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we talk about grief and loss and how we can learn from our sorrow, seeing our tragedies as gifts and choosing to feel our feelings in order to heal. Come on in and join the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker. Hi, Melissa McHugh. How are you on this fine spring day? I'm feeling okay. All right. Good. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling okay. I wouldn't say wonderful, but I'm not horrible either. So (laughs) we're going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just at this place where I have reached an end to a lot of cycles that I've been feeling, and I'm just ready to have some new things go on in my life. So I'm trying to get clear on how to move forward. Nice. Yeah, and speaking about moving forward, um, just wanted to uh, open something up for our listeners today. We're going to start doing some affiliate um, advertising. And what that looks like is it's not like advertisements, like, you know, things just whatever random. It's things that we use in our daily lives, in our um, practices for our clients that we really believe in. And also it could be services with some of the guests that we have on here that we try ourselves. Um, It's only going to be things that we use ourselves that we're going to stand behind. And um, there's going to be a link if somebody wants to try out the product or service. Um, you can just uh, go onto the link and follow it there. And um, if you purchase it, we'll just get a percentage of that. And that's just going to help us offset our uh, some of our production costs that we have for the podcast so we can keep um, coming on here and doing what we love to do, which is, uh, you know, talking to people and talking to each other and um, helping in our own transformation and hopefully in other people's transformations as well. Yeah, I'm actually excited about it because it's, yeah, it's going to be an affiliate, but it's also just going to be getting more information to our listeners about things that can support them and help them and take them even deeper into the healing process as well. Because that's why we started this is to get information out there about what it is that we do, what it is that other people do, and what products or services that those people are using and offering. So I think it's just going to be another added layer to the whole energy of our podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And also to be able to try different things too and see if we like them so that we can share the those uh, different products, new stuff that we might not, not have tried before with other people as well. And I know that um, you wanted to share something today with people from uh, Banyan, which is a, um, now they're a company Do you know where they're out of or anything about Banyan? So I know that they are on the West Coast and they have some in Arizona and I believe like Washington and Oregon, but I'm not 100% positive on that. But I have just been using Banyan forever, it seems like. I want to say the last 10 years myself, just using their oils in my... um, Abiyanga services that I provide for people and also at home for myself too. And one of the biggest things that I find to be super helpful and Banyan sells it and it's just the one that I trust the most, it's called Nasya oil, N-A-S-Y-A, and it's a nasal oil. And I started using this back in 2015 And I used to get like sinuses and allergies and congestion all the time. And since I started using nasal oil, specifically this nasal oil and Ayurvedic oils in general, I have not had any sinus issues in the last going on nine years. So I really wanted to highlight the nasal oil through Banyan at this point. And right now, because we're in spring season and I've been having a lot of clients who have been talking to me about allergies and about just congestion and issues and that this is the time of year that they tend to feel the most. And nausea oil is something that you can use daily and it helps to lubricate your your sinus passages and your nasal um, in your nose and it helps to carry more oxygen to your brain and it also starts to create a barrier. So when our 
nose and the tissues in our nose, like our sinuses, become really, really dry. They become way more susceptible to issues with congestion, issues with like um, getting stuff and like toxins actually stuck in the tissues. So when it's more lubricated, you're not going to have those issues. So this works to lubricate, carry more oxygen to your brain, calms the mind, helps to relieve jaw pain, tension, helps with dark circles under the eyes because that's also another thing. If your sinuses are really dry, it's going to actually dry out your eyes and it's going to dry out and create those dark circles that people complain about. So, I mean, I could talk about nausea oil and the benefits forever, but yeah. So, I really just wanted to highlight that right now because I know there are quite a few people out there struggling with sinus issues and I highly recommend trying the nausea oil, especially from Banyan. I believe in their products and it's all organic and I've used it before and I use it in my treatments as well. And I just trust that brand. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to put that down in the, um, we'll put that down in the show notes, a link for that. And anybody that follows that um, clicks on that link and buys anything and you'll be supporting uh, the Goddess and the Medicine Woman podcast. So cool. And thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess today, moving forward, I really wanted to talk about, um, I guess it would be issues that people have, um, things that people move through or hopefully can move through. Say like, okay, I have, I have a, we have a person in our lives who just lost a pet. And in our family, um, you know, we're a super close, tight-knit family, and pets are part of that for us. It, they, if you have, you know, a pet, if you have a best friend, if you have anybody in your life that you are close to, have deep feelings for, it feels like everybody in our family has a connection to them as well. And we kind of bring them in to our um community, I guess you could call it, in our in our family. And it's always been like that. Um, I just started to realize that that might not be the way that it is for everybody, but that's the way it is for our family. And um, pets are one of the things that we see as part of our family. And we had someone who lost um, a very dear pet uh, a few days ago, and we all have been feeling it. And I've been talking to her about the, her journey with that and how she is noticing that it is a journey and how she can see that it was a message for her. And not only was it something that happened, but it is now opening up her eyes to things that she was not noticing before this happened. And I guess it's just to try to help people realize that you can you can use some of these things that happen in your life that are devastating, that are, um, you know, things that create great sadness, you know, and despair, but we can also take it and see what else they're here to show us. So I'd kind of like to talk about that because I know it can be a very deep subject. It can be very, um, some people have a hard time with it, you know, with taking a, a big tragedy, something that really, you know, the death of a parent that, you know, anything like that, the death of a child and, and seeing it as a gift. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, I definitely agree. There is always positive in every negative experience because we live in this world of duality. So here in this physical reality, there's this duality that shows up. And as you were saying that, um, I mean, I could talk about it via pets and I could talk about it via people, but the one thing that came up for me was... Um, I had a miniature dachshund, a little wiener dog named Annabelle, 
and she got really sick and we poured thousands and thousands of dollars into keeping her around. No one could figure out what the problem was. Um, And so we just like really kept her going and helped her. And that was probably the most that I've ever seen a family come together. I mean, I'm still paying off credit card debt from it because it was just so intense, like literally. Um, But I remember the day that, so my mom, I was in college. So my mom was taking care of her a little bit because I think I had just gotten out of college and my dad had passed away and it just was like a lot. So I couldn't work and then take care of her and keep her in the house. My mom could take her to work. So my mom would take, her name was Annabelle and take her to work. And then my mom wanted to go on a vacation to Florida. So I was taking Annabelle back, but Annabelle was not at a very good place health-wise. Like you could just tell she was just like, just getting skinnier and skinnier and just not doing very well. And she came out to be with me And it was when I brought her back out to Pittsburgh that she really declined. And I remember the day that I woke up, I was up with her all night. She just wasn't doing good and I could just tell something was off. And I woke up the next day and I looked down because I had fallen asleep on the couch because I wanted to stay as close to her as I could. And I looked down at her and she just looked up at me and it just was like, it's time. And I have never in my life had to do that alone. And I was all by myself. I didn't have family around because I've put a dog down before with like my family and everything. And it's just like easier. But it was just me and Annabelle. And she just looked at me. And, you know, before that happened, I never thought I could do anything like that. I never thought I could show up or I had the strength or I could be anything to another animal or like another person like that. I just felt so small in that area and like so underdeveloped, you know? So when I saw that, just something came over me and I just, something in my brain just like switched and I just picked her up and I just, I said, okay. And I just carried her because luckily I lived right next to a vet and I wrapped her up in her blanket and I just carried her down and I just talked to her the whole time telling her I wasn't going to let it anything happen I was here for her and I was going to take care of her and I was going to make sure she got to the other side and I took her to the vet and I sat there with her and I sang to her and I held her and I mean like I couldn't believe I was doing all this like it just was became something that I just was like wow and then um when the vet came in they were like all right well we're gonna have to put her down you know obviously she was she was just right there at the edge and I didn't let them put her down on the, I held her as they put her down and I sang to her the entire time until I could feel that she wasn't there and I could cry right now. But that was a gift to me because ever since then, I have been able to hold more space for the animals in my life, not just them holding space for me. I've been able, it taught me how precious life is, not even just for human beings, but for animals, it taught me that process of nature and when nature and an animal knows it's time to go. And it, it has taught me so much. And I am forever grateful to Annabelle for opening that part of my heart up that I don't think would have been opened otherwise. Because like I said, she picked me to teach me that lesson of how to let go and how to let go in love. And also the bond that animals and humans do have because it was this weird serendipity thing that brought us together but she wanted me to be the one to let her go in that way and I just think that there's so much that we can learn in those experiences yeah and that's what our family member now that's going through it is just saying that she's just learning so much you know, through the devastation and she could see where it was there. And that's, I think, kind of like what she was saying, that it's very serendipitous as to how it happened, the events that took place before that to line it all up. It's kind of like, and sometimes it just seems like this to me, like these animals, these beings, these souls are sent here just for these purposes and they know exactly when 
things need to happen because you think back and you're just like, everything that needed to line up for this to occur in this exact way, you know, it seems like it, it took a lot. And the lessons that come from those exact things happening are very profound, you know, and if we're open to it, and that's the whole thing, I guess, is, is letting people know that it's okay to be open to these realizations and not feel guilty or like bad people, like, you know, something tragic happens and now I need to suffer for the rest of my life. If I don't, then I'm a bad person. I need to feel this guilt and this whatever, it, all this, these other things that we feel forever. If I let it go, then I'm a bad person because it wasn't as important. And I know I've seen that in my life, um, say with my mom, who never let things go, that tragedy struck and she kept herself in those energies never moving through any of it, never learning any lessons because of it. And then you take on that pain, you know, on all energetic levels. And then you can see that with certain people that they hold on to it and then they become that pain. You know, you can physically see it in their bodies. And when you talk to them and they talk about it, it's like it's happening over and over again. And it just never ends. It's always frozen in that moment of devastation. And I know a lot of times it's, you know, no one ever taught us that that was something that we could do or how to do it, you know, all of that too. So just letting people know that, that it, there is a process of moving through it, but it has to be through it, you know. That's the thing too. You you could also be a person that just pushes it down and never thinks about it again, but it's still going to be there. Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest tragedies that we all are experiencing as human beings is this way of pushing death away. That's really, that is a tragedy in its own self. We have been for hundreds and thousands of years just acting like death is not real. And it's the one thing that we can't stop from happening. So when something or someone dies, there's going to be pain there, especially if there is an attachment or there is a connection or there is a relationship, there's going to be a lot of pain there for sure. But one thing that I'm learning is it's part of the human journey and there's nothing I can do to escape the death of those that I love. And there's nothing I can do to escape the death of my own self in this reality because I have my own beliefs about what happens. But that is where I feel like a lot of people get stuck is their fear of death. You know, it's like, and by no means am I making fun of anyone by saying this, but I guess I could just use my own example. But if I just kept saying something happened in my life that didn't go well, and I was like, well, my dad died or my dad was gone, or it's like, yeah, he is. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with my life? Because I'm not dead. And if I keep using that as an excuse to stay in my pain, then I, it's like I died too. And there's so much to the human journey that we miss out on because we are trying to avoid our own death when death is going to knock on our door eventually. And that's also another thing I think is tragedy, especially in our American culture, is how we fear it so much and how it's such a taboo and we don't talk about it. And if someone does die, that's the family. Oh, we feel so bad, but that's the family's responsibility. And there's other cultures and civilizations that the whole town shuts down because one person dies. Oh yeah. They have festivals. They, you know, they light lights and they, and candles and everybody comes together and mourns and wails in the streets and takes the body. And it's not like this ever, you know, in the United States, you put them in a coffin or you burn them immediately. Nobody sees, nobody wants to know, 
you know, and it's very, very strange how we do that here where it is the death, you know, somebody dies and we just push it aside. Nobody wants to know anything about it. I do know they, I think, um, what is it in, uh, Jewish faith, don't they like hold Shabbat or whatever that is where people come and the body is, is put in, um, a room and everybody comes in and it's for a certain amount of days or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different. Oh, Shiva, Shiva. Do you sit Shiva? I don't know. You'd have to look that up, but where they come in and everybody sits for a certain amount of days to mourn and you're given that time to do that, you know, and you're taught about death, hopefully, you know, as children and not to be afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, cause I know I've always been, I've been terrified of death my whole entire life. Terrified of it. Yeah. But that's why, you know what I mean? Why are we so programmed to be terrified of it? I mean, obviously there's a part of us that we're here to live. So like, for example, if I'm in a car and I feel like someone's going to hit my body response, it wants to keep me safe. Yeah. But why are we so afraid of death? Right. That's like, I mean, I guess I've kind of gotten to a point now where I don't know if I necessarily fear death. I fear the pain of what that death is going to feel like. Right. But death itself is not painful. You know what I mean? So what am I really afraid of? That's what I keep trying to figure out. It's like that that space in between life and death. That's what yeah. I'm afraid of. Yeah, it's a lot of the unknown, you know. People are afraid of what they don't know. That's why a lot of the times people will stay in very unhealthy situations because it's like, okay, I'm in this situation and, and it's horrible, but if I leave, what? You know, you have no idea. I know this, you know, this situation and even though it's horrible, I'm going to stay here because that somehow makes me safe, <laughs> you know, safer than what <laughs> you know we have no idea once you walk out that door from that situation even though you're so uncomfortable it's the uncomfortableness of the unknown and mm -hmm. that's usually what it comes down to mm -hmm. and i guess and death is the biggest unknown you know i mean because we could have people say okay well i can tell you if you're in an abusive relationship and you walk out the door you can have this, 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 and we'll set you up with these things. And there are different things that you can do. It might look like this. It might look like that. Death, people can say that to you, but most of the time, you know that it's all just theories and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so people are just like, that's the biggest unknown that there is, is what's going on after this life. Exactly. But it keeps us stuck in certain things to avoid it. And I just know I can't. No matter what happens, I cannot avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to avoid it because it's going to happen, <laughs> you know? I know. I mean, yeah, I guess obviously, you I mean, yourself... I'm going to try to eat healthy and, like, do those things to live a healthy life. But actually, the other day, I was thinking to myself of how much of our society and how we act and everything is to avoid death like we are we are obsessed with destruction we're not obsessed with life we are obsessed with destruction destruction like as human beings forever it seems like for a long time of like with war and with tearing each other down and destroying things and like we just are so it's like there's two forces in the world you know there's two main forces con creation and destruction and it's like kind of like love and fear, you know, and creation is cool. You can create stuff, but wait, you can destroy shit. That's creepier. That's weirder. That's why are we obsessed with destruction? Yeah. I was really sitting there asking myself that when I look around, it's like, cause there is this thing. It's like, I see an ant and I look at it and I'm like, I could destroy you. Why am I not like, Hey, I could create something cool for you. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. Then there's like something, or if like someone in my life does something, I'm like, there's a part of my brain that's like, I could destroy them. And it's like, why? Why? Why is there power in that? 
because even if you destroy it, you got to clean up the pieces and you got to create something from it anyways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you're a person that just destroys and then you just walk away. You don't care what's left behind too. There are people like that that just go through and just destroy, destroy, destroy. Yeah, but you still got to, that destroying destroys something in you that you have to live with and create something from regardless. So there's no escaping either of them. Right. There's no escaping because at the opposite end of destruction is creation and at the opposite end of creation is destruction. So there's there's obviously going to be both. But why is it so much like, Seems like I just, the scales are tipped towards yeah, it's destruction, destruction? A lot of. Yeah. 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 Rather I than guess creation. That could be, yeah. That could be like a, a really like deep discussion about, you know, how the world is now and the darkness is is stronger has become we've created a stronger darkness than we have light and so that's maybe part of the duality like you said we have to have the destruction and the creation as human beings we're both right i mean you know you're not a bad person but sometimes your brain will take you there I mean, that's the other thing. Like people think if you're a spiritual person, you never think any bad thoughts ever again. And it's like, no, no, that's not true at all. I have, I have the weirdest stuff running through my head all the time, but it's what am I going to grab and pull down in and take action on? Every single one of us has very bizarre thoughts all the time because it's just our minds just running out scenarios, things that could be, things that might happen, things that we could do, things that we have seen, things, you know what I mean? It's just constant all the time, but it, it's what we actually choose. It's the choice that we have as human beings. We have choice of dark and light, right? And it's just what we decide we're going to dive into at any given moment. Yeah. And I think it's, we're so obsessed with destruction because it hurts and we want to not feel that pain so it's kind of like that person who gets a cut on their leg and they keep looking to see if it's healing so they open it back up over and over and over again and it's like yep it still hurts it still hurts it still hurts it still hurts it's still it's still gonna hurt so why do we keep doing that why is it that pain is equivalent to feeling and i think it's because we're all so numb mm -hmm. so we'd rather feel the pain of something to say that we're alive when love and comfort feels good but it doesn't make us feel alive it's like that like going back to what we started this conversation with it's that that trauma and that loss that people feel into and they're crying and they're sobbing and it's painful and it hurts and the grief and their hearts open and they're seeing and they're one it's like why why does that make us feel alive mm. you know i mean i'm just asking i don't yeah, know yeah i know i get it yeah because it's like get, getting me thinking because even like i remember back when i used to go into these really horrible relationships and when they would end tragic and it's always a tragic ending and I would be sobbing and the depth of despair you know what I mean that feeling that is in your gut and it part of me it doesn't feel like part of me was enjoying it but part of me like you said it was just it felt good in a way in a very dark way because like I did know I was alive in that moment. I was feeling things very deeply when I was apt to try to numb myself quite often with drugs or alcohol, with these people. And then, so I was numb in a way through a lot of my life. And then, but those moments, I wasn't numb at all. I was feeling everything. And it was kind of this exquisite pain. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so maybe it's just we're so numb that those big moments help us to feel, and then we're like, I'm alive. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, because most of the time you're not allowing yourself to feel anything. So maybe if you, not you, maybe if we all open our hearts up more and allow just the full spectrum of expression just in our day-to-day -day lives, we won't need that 
deep pain to show us our feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's because why it is like, always like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's and then everyone comes together and they're like, oh my gosh, I just I took them for granted or this or that, or I took this thing for granted. And it's like, why don't we just try to feel right then? Like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you know, it's very interesting because then it makes me think about growing up, how I'm was so sensitive and I was a feeler and I would try to process things right then or right there. Like, yeah, I lost a sock. I'm going to cry about it because I'm sensitive. And then you're a drama queen. Suck it up. You're, I don't know if I really lost a sock, but I would cry <laughs> over small things Yeah, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. But to me at that time, as a child, learning my emotional capability and having a very large bandwidth actually you know the child that's crying and sensitive is not weak that's the child you want to sit down and talk to and figure out what they're seeing what they're feeling what they're noticing what they're picking up because they're actually very wise because they're trying to process that experience and we're i am so i mean we talked about this the last time it was just me and you i am so sick and tired of people trying to tell someone to not feel something because they don't have the capability to handle that expression of that emotion at that time. So they're going to tell another person to stop when that person is just actually experiencing life because to be alive is to feel and to have an, a broad spectrum of feelings and to be able to hold that center so that way when the grief comes, you're not basically controlled by that you can feel it you can open into it and you know what to do and it, it's not consuming you because i can't with this whole drama queen suck it up certain things are and i think we were just talking about this the other day an emotion comes and it has a bandwidth it has a it has about 90 seconds for a raw emotion to come through as it is if you continue to perpetuate the story after that 90 seconds, now you're becoming emotional. Now you are dramatizing a situation that you don't need to. But if you're not taught how to allow those 90 seconds, some of that emotional story and that drama isn't your fault. Does that make sense? Because it's yeah. like, if you weren't taught to feel it, you're taught to feel it in little minutes. So you're taught to feel it because this is how our society is done. What could go 90 seconds, if you just let a kid just tantrum around, do whatever, throw something for 90 seconds, then majority of the time, not always, majority of the time, they're going to go back to picking up a toy, going around, being like, love you, bye. But if you try to stop that, they're still processing that tantrum over not getting a fork that they wanted at 25. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and using it then, too, you know? You know, if you don't process all of that, then you might start using stuff like that as manipulation. It turns in all kinds of different things, negative things. If it's still stuck in there, it'll come out in all different ways. Yeah. And you won't even know. Yeah. Because they're yeah. so built up in there. Yeah. And that's a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the thing, too, is that we don't allow ourselves that nine, you say 90 seconds or whatever it is, because we have things going on. We have stuff to do. We don't have time for this tantrum. We don't have time for this sadness. We don't. I have to get up and go to work tomorrow. I have time to lay around here and feel this. You know, that's the other part of it is that we're not allowing ourselves the space to move through these things. And we're teaching those kids. It's like, we're in the grocery store and you're feeling your feelings or whatever. And people are around looking at you and we have to keep moving because we have things to do, you know, and you're just being pulled, pulled, pulled as a child through life, you know, and no one's noticing you. And, and yeah, you stubbed your toe and you need to, you need to feel it. Let them feel it. You know, it's like with my nephew the other day and he lost the, his dog and he, ran to me and I hugged him and I let him cry. And he went through this cycle of having to tell me what happened, having to, having to tell me how he feels about crying, about all these different things. And now that I know these things, I can hold space then for him and let him move through it. And if he needs to talk about it for the next three years, I'll let him talk about it. And if he needs to cry about it, 
I'll say, yeah, cry. And that's what I just kept saying to him. Just cry, cry. Just let that out. Yep. It's okay. It's okay to feel this. Yes. It's very sad. And we have to be able to, to stop what we're doing and allow these things to happen for people and hold space for them. You know, it's, it's like being in a community, you know, teaching one another and holding one another and allowing for all of this is so important. And to just stop, you know, just stop what you're doing because none of that is really important. What's important is our relationships, you know, and helping each other move through this life because this is what it is. It's life. I think it would be way softer and way more fun if we allowed ourselves to feel our feelings. Because I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a male. And I've gotten to this place now where I've decided that I'm not going to let anyone enter my body unless they have feelings for me. And he's like, well, uh, don't you think that's threatening that you're going to expect someone to have feelings for you. And I'm like, well, see, this is the problem here with society because yeah, I require someone to have feelings for me and care for me and respect for me to enter inside my body and make them feel good when they enter inside my body. So why is feelings that just like, I could tell I have some stuff I need to work through because that enraged me Yeah, that he was like, well, don't you think that's a lot to ask? You <laughs> want to come inside my body, literally. You literally want to be inside my body. So it's too much for me to ask that you like me? <laughs> right. It's like, that's what that just shows the numbness that we are at in society where we can put our bodies together. We can rub up against each other. We can do all that. But then when feelings get involved, whoa, 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 whoa. Now it's a, now you're threatening me. It's like, that's how emotionally inept we all, that's how deprived we are, that emotions scare us so much that you can't even talk about it, but you can put your penis inside me. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like that yep. to me is just, you're, you want to feel good physically, but do you not understand that to feel good physically actually requires more connection? Because you're going to get to a point where... And I've had numerous conversations about this stuff where it's like at every single person, even the people who are rich with all the money, who are just kind of doing that, having sex, whatever, eventually even they're like, yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah. But when they find that true connection, then it's this, I feel for them or this or what, and then that's that true intimacy is what really matters. So why... Do we act like emotions are like the most dumbest thing ever when they are the most important thing to our human experience? I just don't get that. And I don't understand why now in this society that we live in in 2023 where it's weird that you want me to have feelings for you to touch you. That's weird. It's like, it's weird that you want to touch me and you don't like me. That's weird. Yeah, it's like we're we're keeping that separate, though, it seems like, as a society, you know, the deep emotions. <clears throat> and you can separate that from the physical feelings, you know, and because to be with someone in a physical and emotional way, I mean, that's deep and that takes you someplace else, you know, you can't. If you're doing that with someone, it feels like a true partnership and it, it's meaningful. But if you're just having like, say, emotional conversations with somebody, like sometimes you and I do, we can connect on that level. And then if you go off and just have sex with someone on a physical level, you can do that with that person. But to have both of those things, people are scared of that. People are scared of having that type of a relationship. I think it takes a lot of energy and it takes, you'll be learning a lot of lessons. It'll take you through a lot of different places into like a lot of your old darkness. 
it's a commitment, you know, of time as well. And like we said, a lot of people don't have time to feel your emotions, to do all these things. And it is, I think it just, it's a commitment that you have to make. Yeah, and a lot that. of people don't want to take, you know, have a commitment to themselves either. You know, you have to commit to yourself to be healthy mm -hmm. in that way. I think there's probably a lot of reasons that that's hard for people to do. We're not taught. We haven't ever been shown those types of relationships. I know, you know, but that's what the sad part that makes me just feel for humanity is everyone's like, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? I, I just, let's make the world a better place. Let's, let's create more science. Let's do more technology. Let's create more structures. Let's create more. Let's all sit around a fire and get, and ask each other how we're all feeling. Yeah. Let's do that first. Seriously. Yeah. I'm not even well, just. Well, yeah, I know. And open our hearts, you know, when you, if you can get people, you know, to open up, it's like, People get very uncomfortable and squirm, but if you give them enough space and time, they will answer, you know, how are you feeling? And then just let them, but they will because people want to. I know I want to be able to connect that way with people now. And I think most people do. It's just slowing down enough to sit around a fire, to trust enough, to be able to open up. And trust that the people around you, you know, aren't going to do anything with that information. I you think know, that's building the sad trust. part is like there is so many people, even in families. Because like I'll talk with clients and it's like some of their parents have hurt them deeply. Some of their siblings have deeply hurt them and destroyed them. And it's like how, but they're walking around with these doing, going through life. But then they'll walk into my office and they sit down and then they just, I just, I just create a sacred space. That's, that's really what I do. And then I just, they just start to feel and they're like, this is the first time in 20 years I've been able to feel this or talk about this or, but they're walking around every day acting like they're fine when underneath that they just feel so awful and they're just wanting someone to listen, to just hear them like that their sister did this horrible thing to them or this their mom made them feel fat their whole life or whatever it is. And they're and no one's the problem. It's all of us. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Because when I look at and I hear that story, I feel for my client who have maybe expressed that. But then I also feel for that mother who was taught that too. You know, you're only taught and do things that you were taught. Yeah, that you un and then you have to unlearn to reteach yourself, because I even had one of my very close friends. She finally she said the other day, she was like, you know, I didn't have like the most uh, warmth growing up from my parents, so I have to. She's like, I want to be a warm person, so I have to actively check in with myself to show up warmly. And she's like, I just don't have a lot of examples of that. So I have to create that for myself. And I thought that was like one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. Because there's a lot of people out there who are walking around just replicating what they were taught, being like, well, this is the world's just sex. And it's like, we got we to gotta start teaching ourselves to feel and to be who we want to be. Because there's a lot of generations before mine, before yours, where it was just survival. Yeah. It just, they they didn't necessarily have the time, air quotes, to feel because there was the depression and then there was a war and then there was another war and then there was another war and then there's this. And then now we're all, it's like, why are we fighting though? Like, what are we fighting for? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think the whole thing is that now that we are in this era of awakening, that we can make sure that we're making time, you know, making time for ourselves, making time and consciously creating spaces for one another, um, communities, you know, that's the thing we have to start looking. Okay. So these, this is the way it's always been. This is how I felt. So what can we do moving forward to make it better? And like you said, that's the way to do it. We have to foster connections. We have to notice. We have to take time to notice. 
how our parents taught us and what we don't want to be like. So then what do we need to do? You know, find different um, practitioners and different, you know, services in order to be able to move through the things if we can't do it on our own. You know, there's always, there's all these different ways that we can now create, you know, the, the, the spaces to heal. And that's what we just need to start doing now. And this is the time to do that. Because like you said, in the, in the past, they didn't have a lot. There were certain, you know, people that did do that. And a lot of the times they were, you know, the yogis sitting on the mountain and people would bring them food, you know, and all that kind of thing. And that's how they had to do it. You know, it wasn't an everyday occurrence for, But even some know. of that, I think it was bypassing emotion. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm sure a lot of and that I, was We're just bypassing. in an era. We are in an era of feeling and you cannot deny it. Even if you have been the most numb, blocked off, I hate the world, everyone die person, you are feeling something at this point in time. There's not one person and you could pretend all you want and I will tell you you're feeling something there we're just in that era there's no escaping it like you're still trying to you're still like trying to pop your hand head back down in the sand but then it blows away so you have to find another area to uh, put your head in the sand but you can't there's just you can't anymore yeah we're being so, pushed yeah we're being pushed right now no matter what no matter who you are how, like you said, how deep you've been trying to hide. <laughs> There's no hiding right now from any of it. So either you do the work and you feel it and you move through it and you get to the other side or you just suffer, suffer, suffer. Yeah. That's the choice that's being presented to everybody right now. You have to, you have to choose. Yeah. And it's like, what's the suffering of healing feels better to me than the suffering of staying in one spot. Because healing is not suffering, it's feeling what I've not allowed myself to feel for years. But every time I go through that, I'm on the other side and I'm a different person and something in my life changes and it magically, and I'm serious, it's just magic. As soon as I started feeling my feelings, after I finally got my, gave myself the courage to do so, after being told to not feel anything, my whole life changed. I stopped, I still struggle with dark thoughts and negative self-talk but not nearly I can like counteract that immediately by just feeling my feelings about something and realizing like I think I said to you the other day that I finally got to a place where the the thoughts don't say we should kill ourselves it's just I want to escape it's not even saying I want to kill you now I I just I'm like warning overload of emotion I want to escape I want to escape I want to escape and so I'm like okay what that means is I need to go home and feel my feelings for a good few minutes and see what happens after that. And usually by then, I've actually gotten through that destructive process because that's where destruction comes in. I've gotten through that destructive process, felt my feelings, got to the other side. Now I'm like creative and I want to create a course or this or write a book or help someone or the podcast. I can make a podcast. It turns into something creative and expanding yeah. and and it turns into nourishment yeah yeah i think that's that alchemy that we talk about you know and that's the yeah. process of it yeah so i don't let anyone tell me don't feel your feelings anymore <laughs> yeah i just don't this is it saves my life every time yeah yeah that's beautiful oh what a great conversation what a great yeah. conversation. That felt good. And sometimes, it, I mean, I will just to kind of wrap it up because we started talking about what's going on with our family member. I mean, I tapped in yesterday to send her energy as well. And I just felt this just grief, you know, this just like deep grief and regret and all this stuff. And I just sat there and I felt it too, because I've been in that position. I remember what it feels like to feel that there's a lot of regret. There's a lot of, especially when it's tragic loss of anything that we love you know and at first I didn't want to feel it I wanted to sit there and I just wanted to be like oh this is her journey but I just sat there and I was like you know what this is teaching me how expanded my heart can be because if I can expand my heart to feel this and just breathe through this so I just was breathing in my heart into my chest and out from my chest and just sending light 
to her and light to the situation and light to myself because obviously I still have some of that from my old animals like when I was talking about Annabelle and because I was reminded of that and I just was breathing and it just actually like helped me to process more helped me to grow more helped me to evolve more because there's going to be some pretty shitty things that we're not going to want to feel especially grief grief is the biggest thing that we avoid at all costs and there's so much in that to feel into that that there's so much wisdom in that yeah yep and being able to hold space for one another like that is so important. Yep, I love it. Well, thanks, Sydney Decker, for showing up here today. Thank you for showing up as well. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners for showing up too. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will um, definitely be putting links um, in the show notes for your uh, Banyan um, oils, if anybody's interested in trying those. And if you do try those, please let us know how it went as well. We're very interested in, um, you know, hearing about everybody else's journeys too. So, and I really just want to say to the listeners out there, my intention with this podcast, and and it's both of our intention, is to truly make a community where there's resources here, resources for just these conversations, just to hear, maybe you get healing out of hearing this, having people come on that we're in alignment with, creating that, just more connections so that way there's even more healing conversations that you can listen to. But also we're really creating more and deepening our community by offering things that we feel that are in alignment with like products, services, that type of stuff. So we really would like feedback. You know, we really would like to hear because you're just as much a part of this as we are now. And I just want our listeners to know that I deeply appreciate you and that it is our goal here to create a sacred healing community for you in offering these things. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you would like to try Banyan Nash Oil, click the link in the show notes. And we would love to hear from you about you and about your experience with Banyan Nash Oil. Email us at melissa at or leave a comment or review. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.